0: I've already started recording. Uh, there, you
1: go. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. Yeah. On, me.
0: Hey, welcome everybody to another episode of the Real Enough Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest. As always, I have a good friend of mine, Mr. Carson Bader here, Doctor Carson Bader. For all you disrespectful fools out there, um, so Carson is a physicist and a friend of mine who, uh, I, you know, is commonly uh, interested in bodybuilding, health and lifestyle, uh, you know, activities and things like that. We both have lovely wives that uh, we talk about our relationship. You know, we, we come to each other for advices. So I just felt that today we, we could get together and just talk about big picture things and... Advices. Isn't advices. That the way, isn't that the way Arnold says it? You get the right advices. <laughs> I actually want to start with this. How's this? I Go want forward. to read something to you. Go. Okay. This is something that I think helps me really uh, contemplate about what life really is. Does an ocean wave stop? And do you stop breathing? I think both of those things are very related. Our breath and, and the way the ocean waves come and go. So like, how long can the ocean really go without producing waves, without jumping waves again? It's the same as our breath. Like, How long can you go without breathing? You can hold your breath, certainly. The ocean can certainly hold its tides. And we know that the forces of creation that are underlying the mechanics of our reality. uh, You know, we know that the gravitational force creates uh, the waves in part, and we don't really fully understand what gravity is either. But the same way we don't know what it is inside of us that wants to breathe when I exhale, or when you and I exhale, like, where is that force that comes up that wants to breathe? Same as where did the force of gravity come that's making the waves, you know, it's the same sort of parallel. So to me, like the ocean is breathing all the time, very similar to us so when i look out at the ocean and i see those waves moving i I, i'm very much connected to them as if like i'm breathing it within myself i don't see myself necessarily different than them in that sense at that very deep level so i'm curious what a physicist has to say about that
1: well it's difficult to it's diff- it, you're not getting into an easy topic right off the get, right out of the gate. So would you think this was um, going to
0: be the easy trade?
1: No, because it's it steps into so many different areas. And one of the things that it your statements made me think about a student that I had recently that would send me very, very similar questions and they were related to the virus of, well, where did this come from and is it related to this and why is this you know these things happening? And I think the hard part for us as humans to, conceptualize or to wrap our minds around is the things we see around us are that way because they have to be that's the way things developed imagine just for the hell of it there was a there was a universe where um there were extra actually let's go even simpler we go into a universe where instead of a, a cat being called a cat a cat is called a dog and a dog is called a cat and you could ask the question, well, why is that a cat and why is that a dog? Well, that's just how things happened. I'm dodging the word evolved on purpose, but that's how things happened. And so in this universe, we have gravity at 9.81 meters per second squared. Well, that's G on planet Earth. Well, that's because of the mass of the Earth. That's because of things forming the way they did. There wasn't some grand figure saying, I'm going to add just this little bit more mass to the planet to make it a sweet 9.81. So humans will grow to this height range. You can say that that's perfectly fine. And you can believe that that's perfectly fine, but you can't make that statement as a scientific fact, because one of the biggest things, and this relates to what you're talking about is if you want to draw these comparisons between the way things happen and why they happen, you have to ask yourself, uh, what must be true, what do I know is true, and if you come to some conclusion, it's based off of, and this is where you have to be honest with yourself, some hypothesis, some type of guess. But the problem I see is that with a lot of people, and a lot is an understatement, a majority of people, even in science, even with PhDs, is when you come to a conclusion, you have to test it. A great, the perfect example that I saw in a book was Imagine if I said to you, There are little green men on the moon. But when you look through a telescope, uh, they run and hide. If we get in a ship and go up there, they disappear underground. There's little green men on the moon. How can you prove me wrong? I can't. You can't. And so, me saying there's little green men on the moon, that's not a hypothesis, that's nothing that can be tested. So I can believe that till the end of time because you will never be able to find one because, oh, they run and hide. And so the only correct thing that I can possibly say, the only true statement I can make is there are no little green men on the moon. How can you prove me wrong?
0: I see. So it's not necessarily what I can prove to be right.
1: How can you prove me wrong? I still can't. Yes, you can. You can just go to take a picture of a little green man on the moon or grab a little green man on the moon and bring him back. And you proved me wrong. I see. So so the statement... I thought the
0: premise was that we couldn't... Every time we look, we don't see it.
1: Yeah, well, that was the first one. I'm saying that's an incorrect belief or hypothesis. Your beliefs and hypotheses should be set up and If you want to be honest with yourself, they have to be set up in a way that you can be proven wrong. That it's possible.
0: Yeah, they're not like my belief is the only way that this can't be any other way. There has to be the ability to accept that this could be wrong i have enough reason to believe this maybe it's experientially right. or maybe it's through but events. Even,
1: but even if it's experience uh, through experience because if i said to you right now a very good friend of let's say it was brad uh, it's a good friend of ours uh, also a physicist yeah let's say brad uh we are all out to eat and then as we're all getting into our cars driving away we see a car bang hits brad's car kills him flat out we go to his funeral next week brad yeah he's dead but let's say we're sitting here doing this podcast right now i say abinoff don't turn around brad's right behind you he just walked by and let's say there's a window or something uh he just walked by i know it i saw him you gotta believe me would you believe me no why
0: because i didn't see it
1: yeah but also what else besides you not seeing it do you i
0: didn't experience it
1: besides that but do you are you do you ever have the experience that people are seeing the dead get up and walk on a consistent basis that there's a chance that it could be real you're like no dead people don't walk i know i don't believe you and even if you did see it you should ask yourself well wait a minute let me check to make sure a lot of people make those decisions based off of well this person had the experience therefore it's true yeah, well, you can have a hundred people say they saw a ghost, and a hundred people can be delusional at the same time.
0: That That's doesn't group thought. Yeah. Wow. Hence the current state of affairs. One thing I did want to go back to what you said, mm-hmm. things are the way they had to be for, for it to exist the way it is. I, I've made a similar statement to you in the past, like all there is right now, it cannot be any other way. In this moment, the way everything's assembled, the structure of everything in our life, in the, in the moment that I see, say these words, it's, mm-hmm. this is the way it is. It's locked in. And then it shifts, of course. It's trans, you know, it transposes right. all the time. But in the moment, if you were to take a moment, a slice of time, you know it, it, that's just the way it, it is. It's kind of like a snapshot of life. So that got me thinking about when human beings, we believe ourselves to have an idea that we're going to be something bigger or better than what we are. If we are the universe, if we are the life in this universe, then we're no different than the trees, the plants, the stars, the galaxies that exist in our, in our, you know, existence that we call life. So by creation of whatever that is, we are already perfect in our, let's say like a tree, the way it shapes itself. That's the way it went versus another species or of trees, maybe right. Another different kind, but with human beings having this ability to think, and, and be able, you know, just really just to be able to think, we tend to imagine all these other things that we could be. Like a tree is not thinking that I could be, uh, you know, like an avocado tree is not thinking that I could be a palm tree, right? Just but, to be a
1: smart ass, yeah. how would you know? I don't know. Yeah, either do I. I don't know. Absolutely. <laughs> We're I just don't. making that assumption. Yeah,
0: but like uh, the point was going back to what you said around everything had to be the way it is, I'm saying, You and I in this moment in time right now are doing exactly what we're supposed to be doing. This is how it was meant to unfold in this moment right now. It couldn't have been any other way for this moment. Can there be other things that can also happen? Yes. That's like talking about all the possible permutations. But in this moment, the way it chose to unfold itself. Now you can argue all these kinds of things about decisions that were made, coordination that took place. But for you and me to be right now here is no different than a wave that popped up spontaneously, crashed on the shore, and then disappeared into nothing. I make that claim. Okay. What do you say about (laughs) that? Because that's a bold
1: claim. Back it up. How can you prove it? Um, This, This gets back to one of those things of... How old are
0: you? I'm 28 now.
1: Okay. The hardest part... To, in my opinion, and yeah, when you take this all in context, you start realizing the statements you're saying. Like, man, really, is that smart? Is that maybe I'm seeing this wrong? Uh,
0: I guess it depends on where you're looking at it from. I'm looking at it real far back. No,
1: I'm looking at it from the statements that are in my head with respect to like what's happening socially and everything else right now. Uh, As humans. And you have to understand, this is my own personal struggles of changing my faith over the past probably a year, maybe, or less. And so I've been having to, and and the struggle that's gone through it for the past 10 years or so, uh, as humans, we're always trying to come up with a cause for things. We are here because this is the way it had to be. When I made that statement, I'm talking about just the fact that this universe exists with hydrogen of having one proton, helium of having two, so on and so forth. And the way they combined and all that other stuff, that's because that's how the, the universe evolved. Is it possible there could be another universe with a different permutation of uh, quarks, atoms, protons, all that stuff? Possibly. But until we're able to step into it, we can only show mathematically that it makes sense. Right. Um, And so with what you're saying, with us being like right here, this is how it had to pan out. That's us as humans trying to wrap our minds around the idea of how did this happen right now?
0: We need an explanation for it.
1: Yeah. And there isn't one. I mean, really, does it it matter?
0: But but like physics, right? Mm -hmm. We've created an explanation using labels like quarks, hydrogen, all these things. But where did they actually come from? where did you know hydrogen come from where where did all of those little doesn't components matter. that make doesn't matter but so so I guess the point I'm making is physics or I guess to people that believe like uh, they're either like the science or I don't believe in you know let's say God right mm-hmm. or take take God out of it take take out of that and let's change the word into creation whatever created however this created itself mm-hmm. whatever whatever this life is that we call ourselves to be living in mm-hmm. the only reason we know about life is because we're a part of it you, the only re- way place you know the space from is within the space itself, right? Like, you if we were to if we were to look at our environment, we're part of it, so we can observe it. If we and I were somewhere else, we wouldn't really see it the way it is here. You know, we'd see it from another place. Right. I would say that uh, continuing on that train, when we sit down to meditate and we close our eyes and we start breathing, where do we go? Because sometimes I know I tend to see a deeper space within my experience, but I couldn't com- like computationally tell you where I am in that experience. Am I still grounded in that body? Fine. Well,
1: you're, What you're saying is, and I apologize if, uh, if I don't remember the individual's name that wrote the book, but Sam Harris was talking about to a guy that uh, had an interesting view on life, on the, the if I recall this conversation correctly, The way that we view things like the tables, the colors of things, the shapes, all this stuff is reality isn't what we see as reality isn't really reality. What we see is basically the optimized interpretation of the world around us that allows us to uh, procreate and evolve and move forward. And so that doesn't necessarily mean that what we're seeing is the real reality in front of us. It's just that the way we've evolved chemically, biologically, was the best filters, so to speak, in place in our mind, body, eyes, whatever, that would allow us to keep our evolution going in a certain direction. And so there's no way to, so his idea was there's no way to know what reality really is because we've evolved to be the most optimal way with our perception of reality. So that there's, it is possible that there's a disconnect between the two. And so with what you're saying that when you're asking questions like, well, where did uh, quarks, protons, and stuff like that come from? Because it had to start from somewhere. This is one of the most popular things of... Uh, how did it all begin? How did it all begin? And there's great debates about this of <clears throat> of how it happened, uh, who caused it, and what was before it. And so the... And, I think I'm stealing this from Richard Feynman. Uh, In one of his books, he's talking about what energy is. And hopefully, I'm getting this, uh, I'm repeating this properly. So, imagine you have a cat, we'll call him Fluffy. Uh, You love your cat very much, you give Fluffy 10 toys. Okay? You come home from school, from work, whatever, you see Fluffy playing around, there's 10 toys. No big deal. So, one day you come home and you realize, hey, wait a minute, Fluffy, there's only eight toys here. And then you look around and you notice underneath the carpet, there's two little bumps. And you're like, what? And so you go to reach for the carpet. Fluffy swipes at your arm, draws blood, and he just shakes his head no. And you're just like, damn, what do I do? And you look around, you grab a ruler, and you start going up to it. You look at Fluffy, and you nod your head. He nods his head. You go up, and you just measure each bump. And you're like, cool, and you just walk away. Next day, you come back, you see 10 toys. So you quickly grab the ruler, you measure all the toys, and you're like, oh, shit. That distance, that matches the toys. That's probably where you hit it. Next day, you leave, you come back, and then you notice there's seven toys you're like oh fuck you look for the bumps no bumps and something you notice is a cat litter box has a couple uh, weird shapes and you're like mm, you go to reach in sw- fluffy swipes at you again and so then you bring out a scale and then you like you look at fluffy he nods you put the scale the litter box on there weigh it take it off next day you come back you see the 10 toys you take the litter box again you put it on the scale you measure it there's a difference in the way you grab the toys put it on the scale okay he had them in there mm-hmm. and so the idea of energy and this is what I'm getting to, in physics is there's not a, a particle of energy in my hand. You know, one of my biggest pet peeves is the shit you see on, like, ghost hunters or whatever else, where, like, you feel the energy in the room. That's, it's absolutely meaningless statement. Energy is a mathematical construct to explain. Uh, it's kind of like an accounting. If something's happening over here and this stops happening, that numerical value, which we've been able to catalog Fluffy's toys under the carpet, in the litter box, more cats brought more toys over, whatever. Uh, That catalog, it goes somewhere else. And it's just a numerical record-keeping of here's what the energy is, it can do this.
0: So would you say energy at its lowest level? I think physicists have have categorized everything in the universe to be vibrating at a specific frequency, right? Everything is vibrating. And, And even energy is considered to be different forms of vibrational frequencies. That, is that a fair assumption or statement?
1: I'm running through all the equations in my head right now, so, because I don't want to stick my foot in my mouth. Well, I, here, would, I reason, would say, okay. I, I would, let's just, so to, to dodge specific things and not out of disrespect to your question, but just out of uh, being cognizant of my own limitations of just the sheer amount of knowledge and research articles that are out there, uh energy is uh is a mathematical construct or record keeping of things like if i take if i take this water bottle and i'm holding it a certain distance above the ground i know that there's this likelihood that it will fall and it doesn't have like me putting it up here it doesn't suddenly have I'm not imparting a bunch of jiggling into this thing it's literally mm-hmm. when i let this go that has a value and that's Value that it has relates to its speed before it hits the ground. And so the idea...
0: That's potential energy.
1: Yes. And then kinetic right before it hits the ground. The idea is, getting back to what your original thing about the creation everything else, is you can show mathematically how things have come out. Is it... Po- to caveat with that, is it possible it's wrong? Yes. But what is more believable that you have a dead person walking behind you or that you were wrong.
0: Well, I would argue, I would rather believe that the person who creates the statement that there's a person walking behind me than a bunch of numbers and mathematical equations who only the people that understand that sort of calculation, deem that to be a valid thing, mm-hmm. right? Like when you say energy with being thrown around as if like I walk into a room and I feel energy, like I would use that statement, mm-hmm. but from my perspective, the context of that word has different meaning than when you talk about it in the physics realm of what energy means. Because if I get real hyped up, you would mm-hmm. say this guy's got a lot of energy. Like, what is that? If I get into a room, like Tony Robbins gets to a room with yep. ten thousand people and he's firing them up, everybody's pumped. There's something going on that we call as energy, right? But it's a different context. That is, can you measure that? Can I put sensors on people and measure the increase in their energy? I don't know, but but I know that like, science considers oh, like physics only considers if it's if i can test it if i can repeat this process over and over and get the same result then only can i like quantify it to be something valid or true right in that mm-hmm. sense i'll take it a different way this will make more sense so you and i right now very metal we're sitting in a, in a studio we're recording through mics people that are going to listen to this even you and i listening to mm-hmm. this back in our headphones this isn't our real voice this is being converted into digital signals the frequencies are being mm-hmm. bounced in and then they're being converted back and we're hearing ourselves, right? Cause it's doing some tuning on the, mm-hmm. on the machines there, right? So this got me thinking, and I think that this originally came from Alan Watts, right? Like, so everything in life, let's say is, is vibration. That's what we, we know. At the lowest level, everything's vibrating. Mm-hmm. So what's the difference between words that have meaning and meaningless words? I'll go a level even higher. Words are just sounds, sounds are just vibrations. So if everything is vibrating, the only thing that you and I call to be meaningful are words or sounds of vibrations that we recognize. Like I'm speaking in English, so you understand. But the moment I start speaking in Hindi, you're just hearing a bunch of sounds. You don't know what the meaning are. But the moment I start drumming, for example, again you're hearing sounds, frequencies, but they're not meaningful in that sense, right? So, how do we really, uh, you know, see a place within ourselves beyond words, beyond? anything that we recognize of meaning in the word sense, but it still has a lot of value. Like music is the perfect example. You know, what's, what's the point of music? Music isn't has any point in itself. You don't play music to get anywhere, you know? It's, especially if it's like a song that you've recorded. There's a finite duration, you play it to hear the sounds, to recognize the different tunes. Over time you start to associate with those sounds but once you hear a song, there's nothing of meaning in the song as a, as a sound. You know, of course, if there's lyrics, there was words being spoken. Those trigger different pictures in our head that we associate with those uh, words. But other than that, like everything I'm saying right now is just a bunch of waves going up and down, mm-hmm. up and down, up and down. So I guess my where I'm trying to go with that is if everything is just vibrating and there are certain things that we call as meaningful vibrational sounds that are words that we recognize, and there's others that we don't, then everything is just vibrating in itself. So you can escape out of this game of words, because all words are just fucking vibrations anyway. So when somebody says a word that's meaningful to them, like when you say energy means something to you versus it means something different to me, those are still noises, but we have different interpretations of what we associate those noises to be. Am I making any sense? Yes and no. I, I think... Tell me where I'm not.
1: All of it. <laughs> you didn't expect that one, did you?
0: No. So here's...
1: Okay, so I I heard a, a lot of different things. Let's stick to... Let's just stick to the idea of energy and then we'll move on to what you are talking about with just the words, the meaning, and the understanding. Now... When it comes to energy, and this is a great example, I like to actually can't do any of the examples like live exam, dem, physical demonstrations. But um, think of it this way: um, you on paper or something? No. See if you can see. See now we'll see. Do you use the mic? I can push on this, right? Yeah, a little bit. Okay, so you have a mic here. Imagine if you were just sitting here and just pretend that my hand's not doing this. Suddenly, we're talking and we see this thing move some distance, and let's just say that you, you pick up the sound and going like that. Okay. Now you'll see this a lot on, uh, ghost hunting episodes or whatever. YouTube. Oh my God, that moved. Now here's the interesting thing. When this thing moves, there's a certain amount of oomph push that it's going to take to move this. That can be measured. There's a number to that. Now, if I don't do it, if suddenly it just goes, that had, that oomph had to come from somewhere. Now, a lot of times people will be like, well, look, the temperature in the room dropped a half a degree. That's a number. You can take that half number, that space, how much oomph was lost in that space to try to move this. If the number equal, then you're like, hmm, maybe. Maybe there was something in here that took energy from the environment, a number, and it took that number and translated over into oomph, pushing this thing. And so when I am talking about energy, and what scientists, reasonable ones, try to do when they talk about energy, is they're trying to talk about things in a way that you can communicate and understand and come to some agreement on about what's being discussed. And not only that, but you need to talk about things in a way that are testable by somebody else. If I can do something mathematically, physically, anything, uh, and say, ghosts, God, floating animals, unicorns, whatever, exist or don't exist, it is absolutely meaningless if somebody can't go out and test the same thing. Now, this isn't a belief system at all. It's just a method of testing the world around you. So that way you can understand what's possible and what isn't. Now, that doesn't mean that these methods can't be proven wrong. And that's when things are really fun and interesting. Because if you take something that's been understood and agreed upon for 100 years, and then you show that it's wrong, that's amazing. Because then suddenly everything gets to be retested again, and you get to ask, well, why'd that happen? That's really neat. And then maybe your understanding of ghosts, spirits, flying unicorns, whatever, maybe those things can come into that new picture. But until it does, you don't entertain the thought. Because if you want, if you want to ask yourself, What's the world is? What is my place in it? How does this all evolve and where does it go? Wasting your time worrying about things that are on the probabilistic scale of 0.0001 probability of happening is not going to get you very fruitful discussions or results versus the things that are so far set in stone. Now, it doesn't mean that those things may be broken, will be set in stone for the next thousand years. But for the time being, that's all you have to work with. You can play with these other things, but don't base your life off of things that are just some fantasy or desire that make you or those around you feel better. I mean, because, and to get to the point that you said of, well, you know, things that only a handful of people understand, that's the beautiful thing about science. Any of the tests, gravity, dropping objects, energy measurements, stuff like that, anybody can do it. You know, one of the, uh, I realized as I was getting older, one of the big things about me is I am very, I don't think I'll get in trouble, uh, anti-authoritative. I don't like people telling me what to do. Does that mean I I won't listen to people? No, of course I will. But uh, if somebody says to you, believe this, why? Believe it. Regardless, I'm I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about science, anything. If somebody can't back up what they're saying... Why? Why can't you question things? That's the biggest thing that, you know, with respect to the things you're saying, keep asking questions.
0: Well, you and I are seekers. We're not believers. That's why we're friends. Because right. if we were just believers, there'd be nothing to talk about. Right. You know, We just have everything's figured out. But, we have all the books right. written. What the hell is the point?
1: But the thing is, when you're seeking, you need to accept the fact that there's going to be some preconceived ideas that you have that are very hard to let go of. And very hard to break and, be, and the fact is, do you have to? No, you don't. Does it matter? No, it doesn't. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, and it's interesting. I mean, it, I've asked you a question like before all this, like, what kind of questions are you going to ask? What, what, is, what do you want? And you said, well, "What is your philosophy of life? That's a hard question to ask, to be truly honest about. Oh, man, uh, justice for all, and I want to be loving and caring. I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's it's not meant to be an easy question. Well,
1: no, I think most people will answer it as an easy question. They're not being, and to me, what it keeps coming down to is what must be true. That's really all that matters anymore. What must be true? No matter how painful it is, no matter how much it sucks, I don't care anymore. What must be true?
0: Where does sound come from, Carson? Carson.
1: You're honestly questions irrelevant. It doesn't mean anything. If you have an answer, it doesn't make things any better. It doesn't change your interpretation of uh, the environment or the world around you. If you close your eyes and you meditate and you say, well, I experienced that I'm over make stuff up. I'm over on Saturn. Okay, what did that do for you? If that made you happy? Cool. If it didn't, fine. But if you come to the point where it's like, well, you need to meditate because you're going to be on Saturn and you're going to see that the world's a better place, the two things I would say is...
0: You're selling people pipe dreams. And
1: then for something stealing from Alan Watts, better for who? Who who are you to decide that it's better for you or better for anybody else? Now, I know Alan Watts isn't alive, but hopefully I'm understanding his views correctly. I
0: I think even he said it, and and I've, I've heard other like kind of spiritual teachers and philosophers that I, I tend to listen to from time to time, especially when I get a little bit anxiety or, or get kind of caught up in just life, which we all do. Mm-hmm. One of the things that really helps, going back to what I said earlier about sound, sound comes from silence. When you sit at the beach and you are
1: you're, you're stringing things together to try to... Water is water. It just is.
0: But those statements are very powerful. I'll tell you why. Okay. Because when you reflect on sound coming from silence, you can now introspect and look into that silence. Otherwise, you don't. If you're just talking and you're walking around compulsively, like just blabbering around, hearing everything, whatever, you haven't taken the time to actually see that there's a compulsive process happening within you. mm mm-hmm. So when you can see that silence is where the sound comes from, and to stop sound is go back to silence. But see
1: that, that statement doesn't make sense. Silence is where sound comes from. Where does it come from? You're basically saying that, like, sil- uh, sound couldn't exist unless there are gaps of silence in I, between. That's exactly what I'm saying. But you're just basically, but you're basically reformatting the definition of a sound wave. Well, in a sound wave. It travels because you have a stationary bunch of particles in front of you. I'm dumbing everything down. You have a stationary bunch of particles in front of you. Something happens over here that causes a jiggle or a a bunch of collisions. And those collisions travel forward. Well, no shit. It's like that car accident couldn't have happened without cars. Well, no shit. It's just But these obvious things? You're intelligent enough that with the statements you're making, you can play with. You can twist. You can think about it. and change your thinking what i don't know if you've grasped yet i don't know because we've never explored this question this far is statements like that on the less informed less seeking and less curious person will hear that and it will twist their mind in a way that probably will not benefit them and or society
0: this is where i fundamentally disagree because i feel uh from my experiences or actually i know from my experiences that if especially for the type of people you're talking about the ones that don't think very deep for themselves or the people that just don't necessarily think for themselves in my conversations with those type of people me saying a statement like all sound comes from silence they have no way of computing that they don't know how to refute that they don't know where it's going to actually take them they haven't thought it through that way so then all of a sudden they're quiet because they have to now actually think of something that they haven't explored. So a lot of these things, the spiritual teachers, they use these pointers. Even Alan Watts, when he talks about uh, this, is actually something that Alan Watts says, right? Like he says that si- you know silence is where sound comes from, and it returns back into silence. All we're doing with our words when we're carving them together like that is we're carefully putting them in a play in, in a sentence where you can't really decipher it. It's almost like po- poetry because it's all a roundabout way of talking about this thing that. We all know to be true, like, yeah, water's water. But when you start talking about it in words and you get real close to what it is, you realize that I don't actually understand what this is when it comes to words. I couldn't explain this to you in words. Which is where I think mathematics kind of comes into a picture, right? Like, But math is just another abstraction level different than words and symbols, right? It's It's using characters and symbols instead. But again, it's abstracting out and trying to put labels on an experience that is not describable accurately by words or by even maybe mathematical equations. Yeah, they the, are sort of best attempts the difference to get between, around it. The
1: difference between math is that there is a structure to it that if you have, I'm playing with something called quaternions, it's a different type of math. It's uh, uh, four components, three pieces are a vector, and then there's a scalar, and things look like they're on a hypersphere, which is 4D space. Uh that's a different even that itself there's a structure to it if you're going to add this stuff there's a certain structure that must work because you can test it and show that this is the result now with words you can keep spinning them around different ways words are circular
0: right the dictionary is is finite
1: but what i'm saying is no technically you could string anything together (laughs) but the
0: words are all defined in terms of other words
1: Yes, but what I'm saying is, you could just keep hacking up letters, and you could extend the dictionary often to infinity, with unless you limit the the length of characters. But with words, you can keep spinning them around, altering them, changing the, the structure, the the speed, the tone, and everything as you say it to trip people up and confuse them and, and confuse them, and to get them to stop and think. But at the end, what I'm asking for myself, and what I'm trying when I talk to people, what I try to get them to. Ask, think about is, stop doing that. Just ask yourself what must be true. Because it's really easy to trip ourselves up.
0: Even That's though- a good question to ask yourself. Most people won't ask the question, is this true, until they've taken a moment to evaluate that they're on a compulsive path. They're not in control of what they're going through. So you and I are, I think, saying the same thing, because it, it is an introspective, a self-reflection question to ask yourself, what is true? And what you know, what is really but, true? Yeah, but this this is
1: a you you have to come up with a, a method of a way of looking at the, the world and, just because you I'm not saying you particular, but just because you don't understand something, that's not the. I can see I'm just stealing this shit from everybody. That's okay. Uh, well,
0: cause, cause you, want me idea, go even, you want me to go even on. deeper on is, that? Is that
1: is that you can't even, uh, just because you don't understand something. The universe or the world doesn't care whether you understand it or not. This, when you drop something and it falls, if you didn't understand what potential energy was or physics or motion or kinematics or anything, it for you it just falls. The universe. There's no the, words needed to describe. Yeah, the it. word doesn't. The universe doesn't give a totally, shit if you totally. understand it or not.
0: Well, look, you and I are still going to be life so That, that, that one's, exists. That one's Neil deGrasse Tyson. So. But you and I are still going <laughs> to exist on this planet whether we speak in words or not. So. We should we should already maybe t- you know take a moment to clarify this conversation is words and we're going to go in circles trying to describe certain things in words. But you and I are still going to still live in life. All the principles that exist in our in our universe about that we've studied through science, those are still going to hold true even if we never talk about them.
1: Yeah, but, it, but I would say that with the discussion that we're having, and this might be very lazy and I haven't thought about it enough, but the words we're trying to use is similar to the mathematical structure that is done in science. We have to have some agreement about what these words mean. And I think the disagreements and the misunderstandings we have is because it feels, please correct me if I'm wrong, that you're routinely tweaking the words, the definition of the words a certain way. So that way it strings and fits with the words following, which also are tweaked. Now, it's not saying that it's wrong, because some of the stuff allows you to think differently. Uh, but what I'm saying is, what I'm trying to always focus on is to always step back, what can I test to make sure I'm right? Because for me, one of the hardest things to do, and I would say I've done this over the past, especially the ten, past 10 years, is once you get that feather in your cap of a PhD in physics, some people will run around and that's all they say, I'm a PhD in physics, listen to me. I rarely tell anyone. Most people don't even know. Partly, it might be imposter syndrome. They're like, dude, how the hell did I get this? Uh, But also it's the idea of that title, or at least it used to, I don't know about now anymore due to all the crap that's happening, but that used to mean something. And so if I say something, I better make damn sure I'm right or... Cover that statement with, I'm not sure, but if I had to make a statement, I would say this. And so, as a physicist, I have to ask, what must be true, for me at least? Because that title, it means something. It shows a mastering of the basics of the world. And the reason I pressed upon you a second ago about like the way that you say things and stuff like that is because now more than ever, smart people are needed to hammer down on, on those that are not saying things that are truthful. Because there's only, a, if, you, if I had to guess, the number of smart, intelligent people that can critically think is probably reducing as a function of time versus the number of people that just react off their gut.
0: I mean, yeah, I think you could argue that technology is not necessarily making human beings much smarter. Right. It's making them lazier on a lot of different fronts.
1: And so like with, and the reason I think we get along is because we're we're willing to expose that uncomfortable feeling within ourselves and ask these really hard questions. The hard part is you're not going to like the answers. I mean, I'm, I am older than you, but whether physically by more, but mentally probably not much, probably younger. I still act like I'm 12. But... Uh, shit's hard I mean it's really hard and just the reality of reality of the world around you is it's exciting and depressing at the same time and I'll give you the
0: a lot of paradoxes in our universe right I mean and
1: I'll give you the one that screwed with me the most and I'm still trying to handle you have someone like Isaac Newton who developed calculus at a very young 20s I think uh that was able to describe the motion of the planets in the universe. I mean, that's absolutely... He invented the math to be able to do this, and he was right. It's a gangster OG. It's, it's insane. Now, when he got to some limit, somebody asked him, I think it was about the procession of Mercury, I think that was it. Uh, and his response was, uh, I don't know, that's for, that's for the god, or gods to decide or god to decide, something mm-hmm. like that. And that was the limit. That was his ending point. It took 200 years and a lot of smart people to finally figure it out. Einstein did his whole thing. You have all these people doing these great things. But imagine 10,000 years from now, 20,000 years from now, assuming humans are still around. We didn't blow up the planet or something. uh, Are those names going to be remembered? There's going to be people that created things even more amazing than Isaac Newton or Einstein. Are those names going to be remembered? The titans of... Almost the pinnacle of what the mind can develop and create a whole new math that spawns everything around us. Are those names going to be remembered? Let's go further, 100,000 years, 200,000. Let's go to the last day before the universe just goes to shreds. Will we be remembered?
0: So now come back, does it even matter? Would you say it's a binary question that either everything matters or nothing matters? I
1: think that would be like, you're channeling Brad. He would say something like that. You're thinking that it's either one or the other. Um, it can matter to you at the moment. I mean, it can matter to you for your lifetime and for your kids or whatever else. But the, just the idea of that, that no matter what, period, <laughs> it's over. It's gone. Every record of you, every thought you've had, it's gone.
0: Well, that's what you know is considered death right is that the idea that you and i believe ourselves to be is no longer going to exist but if we are the universe if we are life right then yeah. if we die does the universe die with it or does it continue on and it always has been
1: uh, who knows for all i know the universe will expand everything will get ripped apart it will hit some limit it'll all come screaming back together it'll collapse in on itself create another big bang and here we go the universe goes again this could have happened. That's not a scientific statement. That's just a, a oh, goofball statement. At that, some
0: point, we have to let the let what we know in the textbooks aside. That, that,
1: could have, that could have happened as far as I know. I haven't checked the math or thought about it far enough. But that could have happened 10 million times. You could have had beings with intelligence in a universe... Everything expands, rips apart, comes back in, clashes, big bang all over again people things, people, whatever develop happens it could, there would be no proof
0: I think Alan Wa said that, all, that he believed that all the stars are just just like our planets that are over time they've you know done their thing, they've grown and then they've exploded themselves, and then they turn into you know the stars
1: well there I would say with that uh, you could probably do some type of analysis of the materials that are there and easily do some type of rough calculation or simulation. Are we simulation?
0: talking like it's easy, like you can just hop off to another planet? No, no, and no, 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 they, could, no. No, you
1: could no, you could just do a, a, do a simulation of if this is a planet, if this happened, is this what the result would be? Yes the, yes, the calculation is complex, but the computational power we have is enough that you could say, yes, this star over here, here's the results that we that, of what it is now. Is it possible for it to go back and be a planet? Mm. You could test that. And it, it, does that mean that some One of his statements is wrong, that means all of his statements are wrong? No, I don't think, well... But you made me think of something that I wanted to bring up. Tell me. uh, Obviously, you can tell our love for Alan Watts. Uh, Do you remember his discussion about uh, people on the other side of the tracks? Do you remember
0: that? Tell me more.
1: Uh, He was, in the discussion he was given, he was saying that... You know, we always say it's, oh, those people over there, you got to watch out for them. You know, those are the people on the other side I think of the I know
0: where you're going. Yeah. And
1: he would say, well, you have to realize that those people over there are saying the exact same thing about you. And the one thing that he's, he said that really kind of triggered was he's, uh, it was along the lines of, well, you need to understand that there are squares that are going about the, their life the way that they are, and they're walking a tightrope. And the last thing you want to do is shake the rope or shake these people up because who knows what they're going to do? if they lose their footing or if they lose their mind.
0: True, yeah, yeah.
1: And so, I mean, with everything that's going on right now, socially, politically, all of that stuff, how do you draw that line? There are some people that's like, look, can you have a world of seekers or do you need a world of sheep and a handful of seekers?
0: I would say it always comes back to... Paradox is like we can't have one without the other. Yeah, right. Like we can't expect That all of humankind is gonna be nice to each other and kind and no prejudices at all Because we can't expect that there's gonna be a magic pill that one day comes and it takes away all the pain and suffering and disease in the world That what that will be all perfect. I don't believe that fundamentally to be true because a I don't right. th- I don't think it's possible and B I think it's a symbiotic relationship our whole existence going back to what you said about us talking about somebody else me and the other the idea that we have that I'm bounded to just this body and everything outside from this point is not me is is again a very believed in assumption because if i believe that all of me that exists is only confined within this body. Then, I, then I can I could say that I am detached from this world in that sense. Like I am not a part of it, but that's not true because I am an embodiment of the life that exists within this planet, within this universe, and I am just as much a part of it. Is I'm just as much a part of it as it is a part of me. No, I would
1: have, no, I, right. I know I would agree with that. It's like. I think that's a scope of a limitation of people's thinking. It's like you walk outside and you don't realize that's your life. Now, I am. I can't physically control that tree over there. I can't look at it and be like, yeah, yeah I, for all we know. Okay, until you show me, then yeah, you yeah, can. Yeah. Uh, Telekinesis. But yes, you, you are made up of the same stuff. I mean, where do you think the... Uh, chemical reactions and everything all of that stuff is happening in other things around us yes we're all connected on some level or another now does that mean i've now the question is when it comes to discussions is how does that cause you to react in your day-to-day life oh man we're all one i love the world uh, i'm a part of it and the, i am the world and the world is me and then you uh go out and eat a burger or you you know lick a cow i don't know but the thing is, knowing what must be true, and what you do with that information are two different things. For sure. And I think a lot of the times, before you make a before you make a statement of, uh, you know what you're do, uh, before you do things, you should know why you're doing them, and make sure that why you're doing things is for the reasons that you want. I've moved really far away from trying. And I do screw up because I'm still human. I've moved far away from saying whether things are right or wrong.
0: They're not so easy to dictate.
1: I am not someone that can make that judgment. If if I... <laughs> Yeah, great. do this on a podcast. My mom hears us, break her heart. Thanks. That's okay. Thanks a lot. Yeah, break my it's okay to break my mom's well, heart. Well she's not
0: gonna hear it. How do you off. know? How do you know? Because you're not gonna share it with her How and do you I know? doubt your How mom do you know? goes on YouTube. Oh
1: sh- I'm her baby boy, she'll probably like want to hear this. Alright. Uh, You'll I'll, send it, her a link actually. <laughs> you better not be talking to my mom. <laughs> <laughs> if I I'm gonna live my life a certain way. And if I die, and let's say the Christian God does exist and I get up there and I'm standing at the gates and they say, you did this, this, and this, and this, we can't let you in. Okay. I am not going to be upset because I did what I thought was right. And if I do what I thought was right now, that doesn't mean I'm not going to do things wrong because God knows I've done some things that are wrong, but if I do the best that I can, and I'm sorry for the things that have hurt people or done things that are wrong. And someone says that is not good enough. Fuck you.
0: Yeah, fuck them.
1: But at, at the end of the day, it's what else? I mean, a lot of people try to say this is right or this is wrong. And they don't have a reason behind it. Well, you just shouldn't do that. Why? You just shouldn't do it. Cool. I know I shouldn't do it. But tell me why. You just shouldn't. You really don't know what it's you're talking It's not
0: critical about. enough thinking. Yeah. You know, it's very, it's, it's believing not seeking, you're holding on to an idea and not open to letting in anything that can potentially change that idea or that belief. Right. Because if it did, then you might topple the whole pyramid of your belief system. But then once again, do you wanna shake those people up? They may not be able to Me handle- personally, hell yeah. I seek for that. I seek for the people that are like super stubborn in the thought process and think the world works a certain way that they believe. And I love to throw those people into a world in business, in the neighborhood, in life. To me, I personally take it on as a vendetta that I'm here to fucking throw a monkey wrench in the whole goddamn equation.
1: But who, are, why do you think? That I believe you-
0: that. It's not a truth that I can expose to you and say this is, a, this, is, this is what my purpose is, but I believe that to be like my sort of narrative. But what if, uh,
1: how do you ensure that you're doing it for the betterment of those around you?
0: I don't know, I don't know the answer. I don't know if it's going to make them better or worse. Both of them are assumptions.
1: So it doesn't matter to you whether you're no, because, making people No, because the way I though.
0: look at it is if I'm in this moment in time right now where I'm supposed to be, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So if I got into a conversation where somebody you know, said something and I felt that I wanted to continue on telling them what I thought, that that moment in time, how do I know that that wasn't the universe's wish to have happen exactly the way it took place? I don't know it otherwise.
1: So are you saying you uh, take no responsibility for your choices or actions?
0: No, i opposite. I'm saying I take a hundred percent responsibility. You, you for just said
1: that the universe puts you in that place. So that's you saying the universe puts you there. It's I, not you.
0: So let me clarify what I is in that statement. Yes. I, the person that's in this body that believes himself to be Abhinav and, and what what you see me as, that person believes that idea that he's here to throw a monkey wrench in the whole game. Me, the consciousness that exists within this you know, life, the spark of life that exists within me, knows that it's here in this moment in time and it won't be any other place. That is unfolding just the way it's supposed to be. No different than a tree that sprouted up all the way as tall as it got, as wide yeah, as it got. Yeah, but whatever's
1: inside of you, that spark of life, that got you to this point, and the decisions you're saying and making are a result of that spark. It sounds like you're trying to have one and the other at the same time
0: well we are a duality right we are that spark of life and this ego person that we believe ourselves to be are
1: you why can't why isn't that spark of life the reason creating the ego the way that it i think to be? it is
0: i would actually agree that it but is but you
1: just said that it's a duality that it's separate
0: duality meaning you're not aware of which part you're playing you you can shift your attention to be either you know this from meditation well, i guess the question is are you in control or not are you talking about free will? Mm-hmm. That's a bigger question. If you want a yes or no, yes, no. Yes or no.
1: You don't believe in free will? No. Okay, fair
0: enough. No, I, but it's a very blanket you know, statement. No. Yeah, but if I were to elaborate on it...
1: No, I don't want to hear it.
0: Well, I'll keep it as simple That's as I can. Just part it's part just like you. the waves. Can you tell me that a wave is gonna pop up from this part of the ocean and not this other part. Like it all, it's like, it's like a moving organism, right? Like the only way you and I can even sit here and talk about our life is if we're looking at it as a slice of time. But this whole existence is a continuum. It never stops. Time doesn't stop. We think that there's a good use of time and a bad use of time. Time ticks regardless, your body's keeping time, you're aging even when you're sleeping, even if you're in a coma, right? Everything is continuing. So you tell me, do you have the free will to stop?
1: I think the free will to stop a biological process and the free will to pick up a hamburger versus a salad. So
0: then that's a different question. That no, we're it's just,
1: well, no, you're one, you, you can't say that uh, if you're talking about choice, you have to ask the choice of what? Do I get to choose that when I pick up my water bottle and drop it, it falls? No, I don't. I would say that
0: there's the idea that we have... There's the
1: idea that I could... We have a choice. Yeah. Well, there's the idea that I could be like, if I think hard enough, I can cause this bottle to levitate. Mm -hmm. Once again, this comes down to, as humans, we're always going to try to... We're going to try to come up with reasons and draw connections between things that may have no connections at all. Because it fits a narrative that we either that we heard, grew up with, or whatever else. Um, I, I, I'm not going to get this. I'm going to. I know I'm going to mix this up, but I'll try it anyway. Uh, have you heard of type one and type two errors? Errors? Yeah. No. No, I may get this. I may have it mixed up, but whatever. If I get it wrong, it's just one or two. Now imagine if you're, and I think I heard this from Michael Sherman. Sherman or Shermer? Shermer, the dude, the, 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 the skeptic yep. magazine guy. Thank you. Uh, he was talking about a, a human on the plains of Africa just sitting there in front of a fire and they're sitting there at night and they hear a rustle in the, in the bushes and they just get up and take off running. And then they look back and they realize there was nothing there. Well, that's, that's a certain type of error. It might have been a type one or type two. I can't remember which one. But it was, well, just for the sake of argument and ease of discussion, it was a type one error because there was nothing there. Now imagine if they got up and started running and they turned back and they saw a lion just came out of the bushes. Well, that was a good thing that they did that because they would have been eaten. Now, let's say that the bushes rustled and they were like, nah, screw it, it was the wind last time, fuck it. Tiger comes out and eats them. I think that's type two. And so we have evolved in a way to make type one errors. That, Shh, oh shit, run. And we don't look back and draw those connections all the time of what actually happened. Something moves in the kitchen. Fucking ghost dude. And you realize. Oh wait a minute. Maybe there's a minor earthquake. You didn't feel it. Cause you're focusing on this conversation. But there's a cup that was on the edge of the counter. And it fell off. But you already made this error. There's something in this apartment. And so it's the same thing with everything else. We just try to make connections. Because we've evolved that way. To do that. And the question, the hard part is. How do you know when you're
0: making that error? You have to take the time to reflect. You have to at least but take even, a moment to stop the continuous flow of information and compulsive movement to see. But even then,
1: even the best of us will still make it, because you have $100, 10,000, 100,000 years of programming to go up against.
0: Yeah, but how do we evolve, right? Like that's what I want to know. So if if we're talking about the current state of affairs, people are rioting, protesting, looting, all this crazy stuff happening. Get into the fun stuff. The pandemic. Uh-huh. How does it change? It's not gonna change. Like, like I said earlier, like there's not gonna be a magic policy that comes up and all of a sudden, global, everything is resolved. There's no more problems. We can now be all great humans to each other. We have no reason to be judgmental and pessimistic and mean to each other. Do you really genuinely think that's possible? It's 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 not. The only way we change is if we break the cycle, like you're saying, the continuum that we've been on, that we've believed so long and evolved, let's say even, I'll use that word, that we've evolved to be where we are today. What's the next level of the human evolution? How does that happen? My belief from my experience that confirms that belief is, if you take the time to reflect on yourself and everything that you've done so far and why you've done it, And where else you can pivot yourself and which direction do you want to go in? Do you want to slow it down and take it a moment by moment basis? Or do you want to still be that grand visioning person? Whatever that is, if you have never taken the break to stop that, I don't believe things will change. I don't believe things will just change because people are compulsively following group thought and think like that's going to do anything because... It's not. I don't believe that. I really believe it's going to come down to individual responsibility and it's going to come down to each person taking the time to look at life for themselves and realize that what life is, is for everyone. It's not just for me or you. It's all or none.
1: Okay. I would say... You know I love you. Think you, about you, this, hold on, hold on. No, Before you, you, go you know on. I love you.
0: Of course I do. But think about nuclear nuclear warfare, right? All of human race uses nuclear warfare to threaten each other, mm-hmm. right? If I told you, Carson, you and I, right now in this embodiment, like right now this whole studio could blow up, you and I could be done in this moment in time and I would have no regrets about my life. I would be happy as fuck right now going out in full blades of glory, I don't care. Because everything that I've done in my life right now, I feel that I'm fulfilled. I have enough love in my life that I've given a lot of people love. And that's what I feel like my life has been about. If that was the case, if you were truly sure about what your life is and, and knew what it is for you, like not from somebody else's ideas, but for you from experience, is a, is a nuclear war a threat or is it just another like idea that we tend to believe in? Because if we go the nuclear route, it's all or none. There isn't going to be some people that stuck around and other people that didn't. It's going to change the course of everything if we all decided to go that route. So it's almost like, uh, I think the best analogy I heard for this is like we're all standing in a pool of gasoline and people are holding matches. We're all going to burn. You don't get away. What's your question? I didn't have a question. I was just making a statement about. Well, no, because you did ask something about like
1: how is all of this, you know, is everything Every at some point is everybody going to be happy and. Everybody's going to get yeah, along. Yeah, so
0: I think my point is that, like, what until... I, what, what I would
1: say is this. There's... And God help God help me. I hope I'm wrong. There is a solution to all of this. A lot more people need to be hurt. Not in, like, go out with guns and start shooting. No, like, imagine if uh, the virus picked up the way the models did and people really didn't. Uh, shit. Let's say it was just like the Spanish flu. And it's still possible that it could be. This could be the dumbest podcast of my life if I go home and I get sick from sitting around around you. It could. But let's just say that happens, that suddenly, let's go balls out. 75% of the world dies. There will be a change. It may not be permanent, but there will be a change. Oh, for sure. Let's say with the whole rise and everything, is it possible there will be a change? Uh-huh. And this is the question that I've been struggling with. You know, as kids, we always heard of the story, The Boy Who Cried Wolf. Cries wolf, there's no wolf there. People come running, cries wolf, nobody. And at some point, there's a wolf there, and then... Nobody listens, and the village gets taken. But we never talked about the opposite. What if the wolf is there and the boy is crying? The first time, and nobody comes. What if the second time the boy goes out, the the wolf's there, the boy's crying, nobody comes. How many times does the boy have to cry wolf before the boy's like... Okay, motherfucker.
0: Believe me now.
1: I'm going to take you out or I'm going to mess things up. At some point, you can't keep doing the same thing and expect normal results.
0: Doesn't that sound like a lot of ignorance anyway? Like, I mean, that parallels to me if like people are not aware of their place in life. But you have
1: to be careful with that because like it or not, you and I have the luxury to talk about this. Totally. We have the luxury to sit here and be like...
0: We don't have to slave
1: yeah, for work what, what, tonight. Yeah, it's like, what the fuck is the meaning of life? For sure. There are people that are working two or three different jobs that even with that, they're not making... I've
0: heard that, dude. I don't, I'm going to stop you there. Wait,
1: wait, wait, wait. Because you, I don't think you've been exposed to it enough. There are people that are working jobs where the amount of money they make is under enough to meet rent, pay health care, have a kid, have a car. Yeah,
0: but I grew up in India where families, in my own families... Mm-hmm that have lived in one house, like eight people, in one room, that's no bigger than this studio, and they're happy as fuck. But no, no, we're not talking about whether they're happy or not. It's, but the but fact to that them, the value of life is just as much as you and I. Like, for example, if they sit down to eat a meal with their their kid, the amount of love that they feel is no different than if I was a trillionaire sitting with my kid and having a meal. Yeah, and there's plenty of
1: trillionaires that are miserable as
0: fuck. But that's but, my point.
1: But what I'm saying is, is that... The people that you want to talk to when we're talking about, oh, the world could, you know, whether we all get together or not. There are people that don't even have the luxury to think about that. Their day is just, am I going to have enough food to eat tonight for me or my family? So they will never have the opportunity to wonder about their connection to the world, their connection to others or anything else, because literally their mind is on survival mode. That's it. To me, and that's... until that gets until that gets taken care of, in a realistic sense, uh, as a collective, we cannot move forward. Now, a good buddy of mine wants to bring uh, uh, come up with a technology thats actually I shouldn't say anything. He's working on it, but come up with a technology to but solve no, this, to technology solve, to solve this problem where people can have a better understanding of connection and everything else. That may help, but at the end of the day, there's always going to be someone. Yeah, it's game theory. There's always going to be someone that's trying to get just a little bit more for themselves.
0: Well, yeah, my, we're we're selfish. Okay.
1: Right. And my whole thing, my, my question to a friend was, this doesn't make sense. Let's say that the, uh, the story uh, or scenario is true. I'm not saying it is or it isn't because I don't have enough data and I haven't spent enough time doing the math. Let's say you have a handful of rich people in the world and they're just like, I'm going to get whatever I can. My question to him was, why couldn't you just have these individuals say, look, just take a little bit off the top, a little bit more than everybody else. We're getting what's ours. We're happy. We have trillions of dollars. No big deal. And then the rest you just leave to the masses beneath you, because if you take too much, you're going to piss them off and they're going to riot. And his statement to me was, well, you're thinking about it that these people are working together. What's happening is you have. Tons and tons of people just clamoring for every little bit that they can get, and all of these people are just pushing forward too hard, too fast, screwing over everybody behind them. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. You know, and, and, and so with that, that that's the type of thinking we're dealing with now. Everybody is just screw you, I'm out for me. But what they should be doing is thinking, hey, I help you, it's going to help me. So let's 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 do this. And sometimes it won't. If I help you, it may and not You come.
0: backstab me, and, then, and you have to accept those possibilities right. as well because you don't really know the future.
1: But helping 100 people out, you're not going to have 100 people stabbing you in the back. If you did, you're approaching the wrong people right out of the gate. <laughs> but 100 people, a handful will backstab you. That's just how it works. Right, right. But the other people that helped you, they'll be there for you. I mean, this is just it, – it's a long game that we all have to play. We're not all going to win. You just have to do the best you can and realize that just the fact that you're here is an opportunity. Don't squander it. If that means you want to spend your life on YouTube, on Instagram, whatever, cool. At the end of the day, just be happy with it. It's like, you know what? Cool, I got to watch all these videos. That makes me happy. You're on your deathbed. Hey, I got to watch all these videos. Cool, that's fine. But when those choices impact others my statement about white, black, red, X, Y, and Z causes other people to get hurt. That's not fair. Uh, No, correct. I can't say that's not fair because that's me passing judgment again. Uh, You are imposing yourself on someone else's choice or desire to live. And that uh, should not be allowed. Everybody should be allowed a choice. But then again, who the fuck am I to say what should and shouldn't be? I mean, it, it, this is hard. You're, we're not talking about something that's easy.
0: No, I know. And that's why this is an exploratory conversation for the for our own purposes. I mean, you and I, when we talk, usually it's usually multiple hours and it's lots of different topics and explorations, just like today. You guys just got a hint of it. Um, but yeah, there, at the end of it all, I think it comes down to, like you said, what's really going to change from all the contemplation? I I say you need to have a certain amount of contemplation in your life every day to that's conscious to evolve yourself and then and i would also say you also need to accept what is and seek for the truth always because whatever you do with the truth in mind and i do mean the truth the truth is not subjective it's the truth like whatever the truth is if you do if we do whatever you're doing with that in mind whatever comes out of it is going to be the greatest good that possibly could come out of it because it was aligned with the truth
1: truth according to
0: who truth according to what we believe is universally true, which is like if all of this is either life together or or none at all. Like this isn't this the way it's going? But isn't I mean, you look at nature. Isn't life just this cannibalistic uh,
1: <laughs> uh competition that's just nonstop? Or
0: you look at. You're sleeping at night, and the ocean's still going. The clouds are still moving. Everything is still working together all the time. It never stops. Yeah, each
1: each piece does each piece does its thing.
0: So it depends on which side. What are you looking for? If you're looking at the micro little environment of like this gazelle getting eaten by the snake,
1: oh, how big is that snake?
0: You know what I'm saying? Like versus if you're looking at like, like sometimes I stare out at the horizon and and I just go. Wow, I have no idea like how far the stretches or like like late at night, if it's a clear night and you look at the stars and you see all the different things that are out there, you just go, I am this tiny little thing right here. And I have these huge ideas about what I think is so important when I'm in the grand scheme of all of it, like super irrelevant. Or not, you know, like whatever, wherever you want to look at it from. So it's, I think, like when I when I'm talking about like thinking big or thinking deep, for me most of the time, a lot of those are just humbling for me. Like I I just come back and remember, like I don't know shit. Like I I think I know stuff, and there's Mm -hmm. days where I'm just like, it's hard. It's a hard boot, like the hard boot for this person to want to play this character because it's just like so aware that it's it's a complete it's a complete hoax. Like, whatever I pretend walking around assuming to be true is a hoax. But you need that to a degree. I mean, I can tangent this conversation to bodybuilding. How about that? That'll make more sense. When I'm competing in bodybuilding, or when I started out working, it, I was 109 pounds, I think. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't know I was going to be the guy that I became. How much did you get to Wait, what I, I think the heaviest I ever got was probably like 170, 175, but that's not like ripped. That I think but ripped, still, ripped like in shape. I'm just looking was, for the
1: overall change. Yeah, no, I way. think
0: I think the heaviest I've ever been is probably like 170, 175, um, both like relatively good in shape and also like out of shape. But when I started with that journey, I was thinking that I'm going to be something that I wasn't today every single day. And when I was working out, I was... Imagining that I'm going to have this thing come about, like, you know, let's say shoulders, if I keep doing Uh this movement over and over again, I know that eventually I'm going to get these nice round looking delts, which I don't know if it will happen for sure, but because, you know, I've seen other people do it and talk about it, I believe and it will also happen for me. Now you can break that conversation down into the scientific layer and be like, "Well, yeah, you're doing, you know, well, cellular the, 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 the dilation." Is just just and because
1: you don't know how your shoulders are going to be built from doing lateral raises doesn't mean that they are or are not going to be built. I mean, that's almost irrelevant. It's like saying just because I when I drop my water bottle. Uh, just because I don't know how it works doesn't mean it's going to or not going to. Right. It, it's a, it's irrelevant. Uh, but you see what I mean about but, that but, belief. But I'd like to but I'd like to point out though that your uh, our love for fitness while doing any exercises, we know the connections. I need bigger this component of my shoulder. I'm going to do laterals because it's there's a there's a a theory behind it this motion goes through th- creates this much force tension torque whatever and that can if you wanted to but that you know could what? be calculated and but i'm saying is there's a there's a clear connection between the two it's not just grow shoulders grow shoulders grow shoulders and then shit's like
0: twice the size i would argue with you that there's a big difference between somebody going into the gym mm-hmm. and just doing lateral raises Versus somebody that's going into the gym and visualizing every single rep that they're doing that is actually causing them to grow because I've experienced that in my own life is that when I was do
1: all do all of your experiences are they all grounded in reality no okay, and so why should this be any different
0: well i'm that's what the point I'm making it's not it's this us believing that we're, like me believing that I'm gonna be this better looking body or like I have this idea that I'm gonna look like this certain thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like a sculptor, right? Or go to art, right? Like when somebody is painting, they see a canvas empty, but in their mind, they're plugging something onto that canvas that wasn't there before. They've brought it into manifestation. Like it came from nowhere now it's here. And and, and same thing is happening with your body. It's like, I didn't look like this today. I don't. I didn't look like this, you know, I don't know, six months ago. But because I did this every day and I – I would say for my development at least, like I I would think of like a certain muscle, like it doesn't show up. You, you've been doing the exercise, it doesn't show up. But then when you start to visualize about that area while you're training it and you start to really connect with it, you've heard the mind to muscle thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's a real thing. I don't think science yeah, has proven no, it yet, no, but it's a so real you, thing.
1: No, what I would do is you would take – let's just use bicep curls. You would take somebody that's uh, – Fantasizing about a cheesecake. My buddy and I
0: did this research. So wait, let me wait, tell wait,
1: you wait. about it. No, wait. they do bicep curls while fantasizing about a cheesecake. But also up to the bicep, they connect electrodes to see. So
0: I did this study. Let me okay, tell you. Go. At UCI, my friend, uh, Josh Tromberg, he uh, was a cognitive behavioral study, studying like research student, I think at the time. He was working with the labs at UCI. This is when I was a bodybuilder at the time. He brought me into his lab to do some research experiments on me. He did a paper about it we were testing the mind to muscle connection as if it was a real thing or not. So what we were testing was, we had electrodes to my biceps, we had stuff on my head, whatever Mm -hmm. those little things are, the gel cap things. I had like a 100 of those or whatever. And we were testing, when you do a curl, whether you're intentionally thinking and flexing and squeezing, does that contract more muscular fibers Mm -hmm. versus if I was just doing that? Mm -hmm. 100%. My point is if you're consciously visualizing and giving extra attention, and that produces more result, there's something to be said about this fictitious idea. Because me doing a flex, like when I'm like working really hard, I'm actually thinking about like another bodybuilder in my head, like a Kai Green or somebody who I saw like with massive vein popping arms do something where they look so distressed. I'm thinking that I am like that when I'm in Mm -hmm. that motion. But it has a result on my physical body which is measurable, you know? Like my ideas have a measurable, re- I mean, this is true, like is psychologically true. Your thoughts translate into emotions that you feel in your body, no doubt about that. So it comes back to that same thing, it's like, yes, this thing that I can't necessarily measure or talk about in a tangible way, it seems like it's a, it's fake, it's fugazi, whatever, right? But it, it is true to me in that experience. I don't know, like.
1: Well, I would, uh couple things one is similar to the statement that Tony Robbins always says what you focus on is what you feel yeah and so this is the same thing yeah of course if you're like focusing on your bicep you're going to if you've practiced enough at it you're going to focus on those fibers you're not you're not being able to call certain fibers in the action into action but you're able to sit there and try to get that muscle to tighten up harder than your triceps right and so you may be able to get more muscle. Uh, muscle activity in in that motion, but when you're when you're moving into the area of well, you know we can't necessarily test these things. There's a really cool saying. Um, it's the God of the Gaps argument, and usually it's related to religion, um, but you can relate it to a lot of things. When anyone use the word when anyone uses the word belief, if you have the planets' motion, and then you say, well, what about this? I can't explain it. obviously that's only for god to understand well that's what where god is located in the understanding of this 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 and this right. if suddenly science is able to start honing in on those explanations if here's your gap everything in between is god does all of this suddenly it's this move forward another hundred years with new technology suddenly it's this and it's but god's always existing in this and this comes down to the very beginning of our discussion the hypothesis if you come up with a hypothesis of something that can't be tested, can't be proven wrong, it's always going to exist. This is just like Bigfoot exists. Prove me wrong. Uh, we did thermal scans of all the forests in America 24 hours a day, seven days a week, been able to account for everything. Mm-mm. Can't account for Billy down the street. He saw Bigfoot last week. Show us where. We'll show you the cameras. we we'll- Right here. Here's the cameras. Here's the results. There's no Bigfoot, no heat signature. Obviously, you can't pick him up. He said he saw him. It's like at some point you have people that no matter what must believe that this gap exists with respect to anything. I know usually it's called the God of the gaps argument, but there's something that they have to hold on to and they will not let it go this is the limits of what they're willing to accept even if technology scrolls in and says "Mm -hmm, we explained it people will be like i don't believe that data anymore
0: i think that's where willpower comes from though i think it's that illusional belief in your belief in your idea beyond everybody else's where you then push yourself to that next level of growth i know you know that from experience when you're having lifted the 500 pound barbell you know that's that's what that's like I mean, that's the perfect example of it. it mm-hmm. is you have to have that delusion of belief that i'm going to do this you yeah, have no they, way of predicting right. that you're going to be able to do it
1: no fuck that i knew it
0: <laughs> well like like ronnie coleman when he did his 800 pound deadlift or 850 pounds or whatever he talks about it he's like i had i think i had three more in me but i didn't do it well yeah but going I, into it right. he wanted to do one he's like i think i could do one he did or, three uh,
1: what was it um I can't believe I'm drawing a or blank. 800-pound
0: squat, sorry. Yeah,
1: I'm drawing a blank on his name. Uh, the 1,000-pound deadlift. Eddie Hall. Okay. Uh, that was pretty cool to watch and hear him talk about it after the fact. Uh, yes, there are things where you have to have psych- uh psychotic, psychotic belief in yourself or your ideas. But you also have to ask yourself, are those grounded in reality? If I have the psychotic belief... That I could flat my arms hard enough and with, fly. without attachments. <laughs> yeah, with, I hear without, what you're without saying. any attachments, I what then that's saying. literally just stupid. I hear But now saying. if you said, if I if I tweaked it just a little bit, I have the psychotic belief that I can fly. And then I make something to do it, that I attach to myself Iron Man suit or something, then yeah, no shit, I flew. I believed that I could do it.
0: So I found a way.
1: I found a way. That's but different it's, than... But it's grounded in reality. Mm. I mean, you, it, this is hard because how do you know what's real, what, what is possible and what isn't? He, uh, Elon Musk, when he wanted to do the whole thing with the electric cars, people were making fun of him for years in the first handful of years. They were just laughing at him, making fun of him. But one of the things I heard about him was uh, if he asks you to do something or to, if something's possible, don't say no unless you can show why it's physically, physics-wise, mathematically, whatever, why it's not possible to do it. You'll notice a lot of times... Because you don't know. Right, you don't know. Unless you can show me that it breaks the laws of physics, then yeah, it's possible. You just are not creative enough right now to figure it out. And so it's the same thing with all of these uh, ideas or beliefs, is you have to look at, well, just because I can't understand how to squeeze this gap a little bit more, it doesn't mean that you can't. Newton did his thing, and it took 200 years to make any advancements on that. Two hundred so you're telling me that somebody's idea of whatever it may be can't be uh, removed. Bigfoot, whatever else. So with Bigfoot, Bigfoot doesn't exist. Prove me wrong. Go get a Bigfoot. Go get a picture. Not a blurry-ass one. Get a picture. There you go. Suddenly, the world changes. We'll be like, oh my God. New understanding of the human species.
0: We could probably wrap it up and summarize it for people. I think a few things that we touched upon that were themes of our conversation. Okay. It has to be, whatever you believe in has to be grounded in truth.
1: Grounded in reproducible and testable truth. Because if your belief is just your belief and there's no way to validate if it's true or not and somebody else can test it, like I said, the flapping of your arms thing or uh, no, the little Martians on the moon, uh, then your truth is just a belief. But I'd like to say, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's when those people, those ideas are being propagated as truth, that's when we have problems.
0: That's pretty much the whole conversation. All right, we got two lovely ladies that are waiting for us on the other room, so we're gonna get out of here. Thank you so much for checking out another episode of this podcast. Carson, thank you again, dude. Anytime. For coming out and uh, recording with me. I hopefully you enjoyed yourself and this was an experience that you're gonna
1: Yeah, I wanna strangle the hell out of you, but I uh, okay.
0: well you know, but hopefully you'll come back and do it again with me.
1: So, Anytime you want.
0: Thank you everybody.